Welcome to Brick House with Bob Johnson and Matt Baker. Welcome. We're back. Another episode. Brick House. Bob Johnson. Oh, Matt Baker. That, that's me. It's a quarter into the NBA season already. Are you disappointed? Have you ever been disappointed with me, or have you ever been surprised with me, or is there any anything? Do we along really want to go? I mean, it's only like an hour <laughs> podcast. So oh, like... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, Bob. Where's uh, what do we? We're already a quarter away quarter into away. eighty-two games. You know what they say. Yeah, it's it takes forever to get here, and then when it's here, it goes so quickly. I don't know if they say that, but I'm going to start saying that. It's raining here in normally sunny Southern California, so if you hear the that noise outside, it's not actually tears of the Houston Rockets oh. fans. Ugh. The uh, the clouds were nice enough to wait until after the devastating fires to start dumping water onto the city. Yeah, ironic in the way that happens. So for the, the quarter season temperature check-in, mm. we're going to go over some of the most disappointing teams and players so far, 20 games into the season, as well as some of the, the biggest surprises. And then we got a couple of bonus sections as well after that. Mm. Let's, after the break. Now let's start with the disappointing teams, though. I won't beat around the bush. The Houston Rockets are terrible, Matt. They're in 14th <laughs> place in the Western Conference Unfor- as of this recording. Unfortunately, that is correct. I think if it weren't for the Warriors' success, Mike D'Antoni might be committed, like an insane asylum. Right. Because people like Charles Barkley would still be yelling, jump shooting teams can't win championships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you combine that with jump shooting teams that don't focus on defense at all, you might just be insane. And that's Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. 9 and 14 Houston Rockets, whatever they are. So I've heard the argument that the Rockets got so close last year that now they don't want to climb back up the hill again. You know. I don't believe that. The Rockets in the past 10 days have lost to the Cavaliers, the Pistons, the Wizards, and just last night were blown away by the Dallas Mavericks. Like blown away, like impressed, or like on the court where they like did, were they, they were they were destroyed. They pulled okay. their starters with seven minutes to go, still in the did, fourth quarter. I know if they're blown away, like wow, look at what's happening to us. Houston Rockets, sixty-five wins last year. Sure. When we did our over/unders, the Vegas had put them at fifty-six. I thought it was a royal slap in the face mm-hmm. that they would drop so many wins, and and it was an insult to Carmelo Anthony. It was overhyping. Trevor Ariza's contributions to the team, but now I could see why Vegas, you know, has so much money. Yeah. They're good at what they do. <laughs> Who's been disappointing to you so far? Oh, it's probably got to be the Jazz. We did say on our over-under preview show that maybe the smart guy basketball people were buying into the Jazz a little bit too much, but that we didn't expect them to not be over 500. Granted, they're still they're only like 1.5 games out of eighth, so like they're not just right. completely terrible. But they aren't great. But I have, I have good news. Okay. Reinforcements are coming, Bob. <laughs> Kyle Corver. The great white hope. Kyle Corver, he's back. He, you know, he played in Utah from 07, 08 to 09, 2010. Okay, right. 
which you know is was like his destiny to end up in Utah at some point. Right? They, they love those milky players. They basically, I think what happened was they had Matt Harpring's jersey and no one was using it. And they're like, mm-hmm. quick, we need to find someone to use Matt Harpring's jersey. But he's back. He was the beneficiary of a, a nice little contract from the Cavs when they were trying to load up LeBron. And now he can go to Utah. But yeah, I, I would say that they've got to be pretty disappointing absolutely i mean all the pundits were predicting the rockets and the jazz were going to fight for the number two spot in the Mm -hmm. western conference this year granted there's still time and i think one of the things that's going on is the warriors are usually so good that we don't recognize that even last season the difference between the third seed and the ninth seed in the western conference was just two or three games right and right now it's not just the third through ninth seed that are close it's the first through the 14th seed. There's only one team, Bob. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it explicitly. There's only one team that's not really in the conversation. And they're not a good team. They're also one of two teams that have a negative double-digit point differential. But they've got a great-looking rookie center. Oh, man. Well, I he mean, just gr- looks like the part, doesn't he? Doesn't he doesn't look a day over 50. Yeah, in the Clippers game last night, I don't know how much how many points Aiton finished with, but he had zero for a too long of period in that game. <laughs> what you what do you got for another disappointing team? Well, it's got to be the Washington Wizards. Okay, please tell. So remember when the war on anal- analytics was all about how the problem with analytics guys was they don't care about team chemistry. Mm-hmm. What if Ernie Grumfeld had the idea? What if we throw out analytics and team chemistry? <laughs> yeah, it's not. The problem isn't one or the other, it's both. Yeah. John Wall has always been bitter about players making more money than him, and he carried that as this constant chip on his shoulder mm-hmm. everywhere he went. It wasn't great for team chemistry. Now, next year, he might be on the most bloated, untradeable contract in the league, and he has a giant chip on his shoulder mm-hmm. because he's getting asked about why he's partying and out of shape, which, newsflash, that only gets made into a big deal when you're losing right. the way the Washington Wizards are. Sure, there have been a bunch of fat partiers that we've loved when it, things have been going great. John Daly, when he's winning all those majors, man, drink and party. Yeah. But, but when you're not winning anything, we're like, oh, poor John Daly. Yeah, it's like that line in Bull Durham, right? It's just like if your shower shoes have mold growing on it and you're in the majors, people will think you're colorful. But (laughs) in the minors, you're just a slob. (laughs) Right. Quick tangent that just popped into my head. Ernie Grunfeld, you know, we like talking about him on the podcast. I read Charles Barkley's book, Outrageous. So this book came out right before he got traded to Phoenix. okay? Okay. So he was still when he was in Philly. And he's just like clowning guys left and right, like just talking trash about everybody and it's great one of the people he talks about in the book is ernie grunfeld okay how ernie grunfeld has made his way up the ladder on teams and he basically i'll to find it and read it but basically he's like he's a fine guy but there's nothing special about ernie grunfeld i'm not exactly sure how he got to the position he got to and there's this a was, 30 for 30 about him just being like an amazing person. With Bernard King, right? right? Basically, almost 30 years ago, Ernie Grunfeld was also befuddling people about how he got to the position he got to. It's just too damn likable. Yeah. Who else is disappointing you this season? Oh, man. Where to be kid? Listen, the Minnesota Timberwolves are 500 and they're a half game out of eighth. But you know what? I might be stubborn enough just to put those jerks on the disappointing list. You were hoping for more. I mean, for the past five years, right? But also, 
if you're going to get rid of Jimmy Butler, who arguably is the best player on your team and the best player you've had in years, you better be great. And you better like have it together because they're not, they're not, they weren't shipping him off because they were rebuilding. They shipped him off because he didn't get along with the two guys that are paying thirty million a year to. I don't know if they had much of a choice about shipping him off. I mean, sure. they could have paid him instead of Andrew Wiggins, but it's right. a little too late for that. No, I know, but my point is, like, I just, I just think they're a disappointment. Until they blast into the top four seeds, I'm going to think they're a disappointment. Well, okay, I, I agree so far this season, but they are six and two since that Butler trade. That's a good trend in the right fair direction. Fair enough. That's, that's fair. And, you know, a team that I want to talk about, another team that was expected to be at the top of their conference at the beginning of the season is the Boston Celtics. I, yeah, I have them too. You know what it looks like to me? It looks like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Terry Rozier were like the coolest freshmen at the party. Mm. They're holding down the party. They got, they're dancing with the girls. They're the king of the world mm-hmm. until the seniors showed up. Oh, man. They hog all the booze. They get all the ladies. The freshmen, they're still the same guys, but all of a sudden they've lost all of their mojo. Are you talking about like Hayward and Kyrie? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They were out with injury last season. Right. The young guys got their chance to go all the way to Game 7 of the conference finals, mm-hmm. but without the same opportunities and the same responsibilities on the team, it looks like they're just deferring to these older guys who may not be better than them. I don't expect Scott Brooks and Ernie Grunfeld to ever figure it out, but I fully expect Ainge and Stevens to do it. The question I really wonder is, will Ainge trade Hayward or Kyrie? I don't know. I mean, Ainge can and does do whatever he wants, right? He's, there's no loyalty to that man, but everyone's fine with it, really. Yeah. Everyone knows the deal going in. I'm disappointed by a couple of second-year players okay. this year. One of them... Markel Fultz. Okay. I don't know what we expected from him, but with Drew Hanlon teaching him how to shoot over the Mm. summer, him saying that there's some progress being made, I thought maybe, just maybe, he wouldn't look worse than he did in the 14 games in his rookie season. Mm -hmm. But it appears that that is the case. I know uh, Hanlon is basically, isn't he like ditching him so it doesn't taint his reputation? He's trying to. Yeah. Uh, The other second-year player that is just not playing like he was last year so far is Donovan Mitchell. Mm, We already talked about the Jazz, but maybe it's teams that know how to game plan for him. No one's being caught by surprise by Donovan Mitchell this season. Yeah, that's the big thing is how you you adjust when when people know what's coming. Yeah, no, that is is a good one. I have a second-year player for you, and this is another personal one, Josh Jackson. Yeah, what the hell? Exactly, (laughs) exactly, Josh Jackson. Now, granted, he's not... Getting as many minutes as he was, but that's because Bridges has entered the starting lineup. They still have to throw Ariza out there. Apparently, Ryan Anderson is on the team, so he gets minutes sometimes, but not really. The knock on Josh Jackson was, was his offense going to be good enough, right? But everyone was like, oh, he can play defense. That's kind of why I like right. it. Right. Because didn't, you didn't need him sucking up the ball for Booker and all that. He's like, uh, his offense compared to his defense is like the worst in the league. (laughs) Like his offense is pretty bad and his defense isn't great to the point to where you kind of can't, you kind of cross those out what they call win shares, like the estimate number of wins contributed by a player. Mm -hmm. It's negative 0.7. And I looked it up and it's, it's dead last Bob. So his, his offense is contributing to minus one win. 
Wow. And his defense is contributing to point three wins. So if we is very analytics heavy thing, but it just I was watching the game last night and he still he gets to the hoop sometimes and he does some stuff, but I get he's just kinda of having trouble putting it all together. Having said all that, you're the GM of the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. The Elton Brand gives you a call, offers Markel Fultz and a second round pick for Josh Jackson. What do you say? Oh man, I don't know. I wanted the Suns to draft Josh Jackson so bad. Uh-huh. Do I am I stuck with him now? Do am I do I swallow? You can my have Markel. Markel is on the table. Yeah, I don't know. That's I would I would think about it actually. Okay. What would you do? I would never take Markel uh, ever. Okay. No, I, <laughs> I would sooner I would sooner take the uh the Franklin the dog for for Josh Jackson than Markel Fultz. Okay, from the fair Sixers. enough. Any more disappointing players you want to highlight? Just Carmelo. Uh, yeah, he was my last one too. Yeah, just that I don't think any of us expected All Star Mellow or anything remotely close to that. But certainly, we didn't expect like four games into the season. Oh, we're gonna cut him. I saw that he already just today posted a new video on Instagram of him in an empty gym, running back and forth, hitting corner threes. Yeah, is he? So he's not cut. He's just kind of not with the team. Yeah, he's in a he's in a bad place right now. Where you get paid $30 million. Yeah, that's a terrible... Oh, man, luckily we're not in that bad place, Bob. No, yes. Count your blessings. Let's try and uplift the listeners a little bit. All right. We've, we've talked about the disappointing teams. What about some ones that have surprised you in the in a positive way? I know they're on your list. The Los Angeles Clippers. Top of the list. It's insane. You're the Clippers, man. You watch the you watch all the games. Are they just a team? Is that what's going on? Are they because they have no they have no stars according to the media and all this? Yeah, they're absolutely zigging when the rest of the league is zagging with that. Right? Is this a Balmer? Is this a Microsoft is ahead of the curve type thing? Yeah, they got that Sports Illustrated writer. What's his name? Oh yeah, <laughs> Lee Jenkins. Lee Jenkins. Yeah, who knew that spreading huge dollars around uh, instead of spending them on three or four guys, mm-hmm. you just build an entire team. Now, counter to this is the Hornets have tried this for years. Okay, spreading money around. Yeah, but they just give it to slow white guys. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, or Marvin Williams, who acts like is basically a slow white guy. Yeah, they have <laughs> Michael Jordan making decisions, not Jerry West, maybe one of the best identifiers of talent and and putting together teams. Right. Also, who knew that you take away Doc Rivers' GM role and he becomes one of the best coaches in the NBA? Uh, I didn't know, and I watch all the Clippers games. Yeah. I don't want to jinx it with one of my two favorite teams right now, but sometimes I feel like the Clippers and Rockets are having some sort of Freaky Friday, Thunderstruck type thing where the Clippers have stole the Rockets' talent and their spot in the standings. It's like a... Lindsay Lohan, Jamie Lee Curtis, Monstars, NBA players mashup. You know, like Mike, we'll throw Bow Wow in it's, there too. It's, and it's not only you know just metaphorical. They mm-hmm. actually did send Chris Paul to the Rockets, mm-hmm. who the Rockets are now paying forty million dollars a year to, and the Clippers are instead paying Lou Williams, Pat Beverly, and Montrezl Harrell. Yeah, and it's working out great. For yeah, them. no, that's amazing. They lost J.J. Redick and DeAndre Jordan for nothing, but they're also paying that $40 million between the two of them to right. a handful of guys. Danil Gallinari hasn't gotten injured yet. Knock on freaking wood. He's, like, not terrible either, right? He's great. He, yeah. He's great. Yeah. He, he's he's shooting, like, 99% from the free throw line right. and getting there consistently. Yeah. 
I don't know if they can keep this up. Probably not, but I'm not sure that matters. Whether they get a big free agent like Kawhi or Durant this summer or just re-sign Tobias Harris and take another Jerry West draft pick, I'm fine with this. It's probably the wrong thing to say, but I'm going to say it anyways, Matt. Mm. I think the Donald Sterling curse may finally Ooh, be lifting. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We'll have to get Mick Minnis yeah. to confirm this. I'll reach out. It has been, what, five years or so, four years since then, right? Since we talked to Mick? Mick's been on just like last year, man. <laughs> right. No, Bob. <laughs> and that's Sterling. Memphis Grizzlies. Okay, two in a row that we, we both agree. Yeah, they uh, the boys are back, Connolly and uh, Marcus Gasol. For sure. They're back, and they're playing with some vim and vigor. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jaron Jackson, by all account, I haven't watched any of the Grizzlies games. So <laughs> full, full disclosure, Jaron Jackson seems like he's actually, you know, playing well. He's... Av- he, I like I like when a rookie is averaging two blocks a game. That, to me, that shows, and this is where Jaron Jackson was always going to succeed, that he knew what he was, that he wasn't trying to out, outgun his state on the team. We need to up the rebounds a little bit. It looks like he's averaging under five rebounds, but it, so far it, it looks like it's all coming together. Yeah, the Grizzlies made me think of a new betting strategy for next season. Okay. So when we look at the teams and we're deciding who to bet the over on, I say we go with a team that tanked for a draft pick, not because they are just bad and devoid of talent, but because they had major injuries and then just decided to throw in the towel when they got too far behind in the standings. Right. Because the team has always been good with Mm -hmm. Mike Conley and Mark Gasol. Right. They sucked last year because neither of them played. Right. Now that they're back, they're looking great. J.B. Bickerstaff has been a surprise, surprisingly decent coach as well. And when I hear talking heads talk about who makes the playoffs, half of them even forget to mention the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. All the debates about whether the Clippers or the Spurs or the Blazers or the Pelicans are going to get in. But everyone assumes Memphis won't make it. I think these guys stay healthy. They're going to be top five, maybe, maybe even better. Their over-under on the year was 33.5, and they're already over a third of the way there so right and where the hell did shelvin mack come from oh yeah he's having his best statistical year in his 11th season in the nba he's he's just floated around being the backup for for john wall and for i think atlanta he was on that team famously i said on the podcast once that my brothers and i were scouting for an israeli basketball team at summer league and we told this israeli basketball team assistant coach that he should look into signing Shelvin Mack. This was Shelvin Mack's rookie year. Uh-huh. And he just looks at us and goes, he, he's too expensive. He'll be too expensive. And lo and behold, he was. He's stuck around the entire time. He's the glue guy on the, on the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. And it's hard to name more Memphis Grizzlies beyond uh, those few guys. They got Kyle Anderson and uh, a bunch of scrubs somehow doing so well. Shelvin Mack was... Uh, on those Butler teams that went to the championship, so he and playing better than Gordon Hayward this year. All right, you got to think. At some point, we got to get him on the Celtics to get the band back together. The Kings, Sacramento, Sacramento. Got to mention them. I had them as an. I had them as a lock to go over, Bob. Amazingly, you're right. They're ten and ten right now, which is still good for how the Kings are doing. Bagley, I think Bagley needs to play more. That's my that's my thing. Is Bagley's like per thirty six is 
minutes is pretty solid, but he's not playing 36 minutes. I think he's only playing at last check like 20 minutes. Oh, he's up to 24 minutes, so he's been getting more as of late. Surprisingly, he's been rebounding the ball. Now, he's not doing double-digit rebounding, but he's shown that he's willing to get in there and grab some rebounds, which is good. That's a good thing for his game. De'Aaron Fox also having an amazing uh, sophomore season. Sure. The Kings I'm blown away by. I mean, for a while there, in the playoff hunt. I mean, I think it'll die down, but... The Kings, we like to talk about how they're so incompetent, right? We spent years on this podcast talking about their incompetence. What they knew what they were doing all along, and they knew that they were going to be really good, but they had to sandbag so much that they're even... Even so, even if they get to 500, everybody's like, "Wow, the Kings! Look at this! This is amazing!" So they start building up that goodwill. Whereas teams that are usually 500 wouldn't build the goodwill until they're over 500. That's a real long game. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sam Hinkie would not even attempt such a thing. <laughs> right, man. I think the Orlando Magic oh, got sure. out to a hot start again this year. They did last year as well, but then jumped right back on the suck chain. <laughs> But recent wins, twice they've beat the Lakers now already. They beat the Warriors, and I actually watched those games. And they actually look pretty good, like a serious playoff team. Nikola Vucevic is a big reason why. Contract years are an amazing thing, Matt. We like to talk about that a lot. It's, yeah, it's very strange how this happens. He's averaging 21 points, 11 rebounds, and almost 4 assists. Shooting 80% from the free throw line, and it's almost 60% from the field best of his career just in time to get another 60 million or whatever he signed for last time i attribute them to kind of like the clippers of the east with five guys averaging double digit points plus mo bamba and jonathan simmons almost at 10 points a game as well Mm -hmm. terrence ross also in a contract year playing pretty well oh yeah he's been playing well and dj augustine huge surprise uh playing some of the best hoops of his life also a late bloomer like shelvin shelvin mack what about some surprising players? If you could name name one guy that has just blown you away this year. Let me tell you a little something about DeMontis Sabonis, Bob. Okay. <laughs> now, you may not You've be... have been waiting all year. You may this. not be... I'm not shocked from the standpoint of I love Sabonis and I think he was going to be good. Let me tell you why I am shocked. Ten rebounds this year. He's averaging ten rebounds. Wow. That, to me, is insane i at gonzaga he was never he was never a gigantic rebounder he but he always showed that he had good feet and he could move and he could score so the idea of him averaging double digit rebounds in the national basketball association bob to me is it's pretty surprising yeah and granted I, we're a quarter of the way or yeah a quarter of the way through like we said I looked up some Sabonis stats as well. I, I know you liked him, and I wanted to uh, to bring it up in case you didn't. Sabonis is currently seventh in the league in player efficiency rating right, right. now. Right below LeBron James and above James Harden. Uh, by the way, Vucevic is fifth in the league. Wow. And Montrez Harrell, the Clippers, is eighth. Oh, and DeMontis Sabonis' shooting percentages, uh-huh. 67% from the field. 74% from the line, 80% from the three-point Knocking him down. There's Now, he's only shooting about one three-pointer every three games. But he's making them. 80%. Okay, to be fair, I miss. So his last year at Gonzaga, he did average double-digit rebounds. 
I was okay. wrong. But I always thought for some reason he should have been averaging more. But no, he was great that final year. But yeah, no, this is this is very good. I like this I like this trajectory. What do you got? Another surprising player, Derek Rose. Okay. Career thirty percent three point shooter. This year making forty six percent of his threes. That's the biggest improvement relative to career averages in the league this year. 19 points a game, 20.7 PER, player efficiency rating. I know he's a former MVP, and he's not like he was when he was young back then, Mm -hmm. but he only played 25 games the past two seasons combined and looked like he was going to retire at 28 from a broken heart. (laughs) Huge surprise here. Don't know if he would be able to have the opportunity and confidence like this under any other coach. Right. So that's at least maybe one good thing about Coach Tibbs right now. Sure. JaVel McGee? No. Were you expecting a JaVel McGee? Is he is he played well? He actually is. Now he's getting he's getting more time obviously on the court than he was on the uh Warriors. Mm-hmm. He's averaging about 25 minutes a game and he has He's averaging his most points per game ever. Right? Oh, wow. He's averaging the most rebounds per game uh, that he has in seven seasons, seven Holy or cow. eight seasons. He's made a three-pointer for the second time in his career. What he lost more? the rat tail. What That's more? probably helping a lot. <laughs> right. What more could you ask for? He, Yeah, he, so he's granted the team. Uh, we know about the team. We know that it's a bunch of crazy people in LeBron, but... If you want, you want to make the most of your time on the floor, so he's doing that. Matt, I wanted to go into our bonus category here. Okay. Bonus category this week is the worst teammates. Worst teammates. Do you have a nominee for worst teammate in the NBA so far this year? I have three of them. I'll give you the first one. It's... uh... Andrew Wiggins. Okay. I told you he'd come back around. Okay. November 24th, he was 0 for 12. Uh, one rebound, one assist. Bob. I think they won that game, too. I mean, surprisingly. It, if they did, then I'm glad they did for the team, but it's pretty brutal. His contract tops out at $33 million a year. Now, I'm not saying people don't have bad games. I'm just saying you don't want to go 0 for 12 with one rebound and one assist. Wow, I'm surprised to hear Andrew Wiggins. I was going the uh, the other direction with Jimmy Butler. I guess is the more obvious pick okay. there. Okay. I think both of these teams so far have seemed to have like a win-win situation though. Mm-hmm. The Wolves are 6 and 2 since the Butler trade. The the Sixers are 5 and 2. Jimmy Butler had a quote. He's he's been supportive of Markel Fultz to the Philadelphia media. He said just this week that we want him to be great. Mhm. I translated this again that it's he knows that Markell is not going to get Jimmy Butler's money like Andrew Wiggins did. Right. You know, he's he's not worried about that at all with Markell Fultz actually. Also, all the reports keep coming out how liked Markell Fultz is on the team. Have you heard about that? We did we talk about that last week? I know him and TJ McConnell are real chums. Right. Chose. Like apparently everyone like is has his back. And that's what I think I think they were talking about on the Woj podcast with Bobby Marks is one of the things that they said worried them is everyone kind of has his back on the Sixers and someone on not on that team might not put up with his stuff on, you know, 
if he got traded. It's amazing. I mean, even the NFL was dissing Markel Fultz this past week on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Doing the uh, the touchdown celebration, making fun of Markel's free throw form. I'm sure he caught that. Brutal. Donovan Mitchell. Bad teammate, Donovan. So this is just, I'm just picking bad moments, right? November 16th, 13 for 35. Zero assists. Right. Zero assists. Now, to be fair, he did have a mea culpa in the post game or the next day. He did say that it was unacceptable and he would not do that again. But also, you did it that one time. <laughs> uh, Sounds like Kobe. Right. You, you know, 12 for, 13 for 35. Like, uh, I mean, that got Iverson in the Hall of Fame, Bob. But it um, <laughs> zero assists. Before analytics. Man, I got one that may surprise you. Oh, no. Is it possible that LeBron James is a bad team? Bob, please don't. Please. We wanna, we, we're very close to where LeBron is right now. He let's, could hear us. Let's look at the Cavs, right? The team won with him and is terrible without him. We mm-hmm. can all agree on that, even though they beat the Rockets. But did he ever empower his teammates to be good on their own? Are they? Does he just kind of use them like pawns in his own private chess match? How many good players have ever empowered those around them i'm saying that seriously i mean you've got steve nash sure you've got chris Ma- paul magic probably right magic johnson lots of guys okay i mean that's what great players do even michael jordan who was you know a career narcissist asshole yeah. dickhead you name it he still scared his teammates okay. into playing to the best of their abilities that is true but when LeBron was coming here, everyone said his best new teammate was probably going to be Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to trade these guys away before he had a chance to play with them. And Brandon was one of the guys he named as, as being excited for his talent. Even Magic Johnson is weighing in today saying that they don't want to make the Lakers like the Cavs with LeBron James doing all the heavy lifting. The whole point was to get more ball handlers around him. Right. But LeBron James it came out this week, is ignoring Luke Walton's play calls from the bench. No. <laughs> it's gotten to the point where Walton has stopped even calling plays when LeBron James has the ball. So I don't understand how you expect to function as a team leader when you're not listening to the coach, not allowing the players that you and Magic decided were going to be the guys handling the ball for you right? so you can extend your career, give the Lakers a chance at another championship glory. I'm just surprised. Speaking of LeBron, I just wanted to put this guy on the list, J.R. Smith. Uh-huh. I don't know if he's a bad teammate. I don't know. I just wanted to add him to the list because we love you, J.R. <laughs> I hope you're doing good wherever you are. Signing that contract and just waiting it out till you get traded. Him and Carmelo could be the, the all-empty gym team players together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, another quick little segment I wanted to get into is who deserves their biggest oh, yeah. raise oh, on yeah. their next contract. You know, guys are playing for that money, which has been bigger than ever with the NBA's latest television deal. Who do you think is, is going to have uh, the Brinks truck coming for him? Tobias Harris. Uh Probably. Tobias Harris is going to make so much money this offseason, I think. He is – I'm a big Tobias Harris fan. I assume you are as well. I like him. I'll trade him for Kawhi at the drop of a hat, but I like him. Sure. 
There's plenty of players <laughs> who can make deep. 21 points, nine rebounds. I mean, there's there's going to be a this this off season, next off season. There's going to be a lot of money being thrown about again, and I think Tobias Harris is going to get a ton of that money. Now he he's on the last year of a four year deal that paid him 64 million. He's making 14.8. Listen, I it might not be ridiculous to say that his contract this year basically doubles in free agency. We're talking 25 million plus. Can you remind me again how Rob Hennigan has hindsight in his job title in uh, Oklahoma City, but he's traded Foresight away. And, yeah, <laughs> he's traded away Tobias Harris, Demontis Sabonis, Victor Oladipo, all these guys thriving in their new teams. He traded Tobias Harris, so he got Tobias Harris, or maybe I don't even know if he was the GM in 2013. He traded him for Ursan Ilyasova and Brandon Jennings. It was a great trade, Bob. Ooh, <laughs> terrible. Yeah, that was after he signed. That was he signed an extension with the Magic, and then right. uh, eight months later was shipped out of town. But yeah, he's gonna he's gonna make a ton of money, and uh, that's this is gonna be the tricky part for the Clippers is they spread the money around, but then when the money becomes more money right less to spread around that's when that's when the team building really begins you know one guy that is definitely due for a major raise this year Kemba Walker sure i'm not sure he gets a max contract anywhere outside of charlotte though the question is will charlotte give him a max deal the way he's been playing this year it's going to be hard if they lose him because mj wants to save his his pennies Kemba said this week in a big Zach Lowe piece that he wants to stay in Charlotte that, and that he never expected to be this good. It's a smart thing to say when you're trying to secure a max deal. You put all the onus on the owners to open their checkbook. Kyrie Irving has been doing the same exact thing in a very calculated way. I don't know if you've noticed this. Mm -hmm. He says at the beginning of the year that he doesn't want to be coy. He wants to stay in Boston. He loves it here, right? Yeah. This past week, have you seen his new Nike commercial? He's playing one-on-one -on -one with his dad, and the voiceover of the commercial says, I wear number 11 because of my dad, and I want to be the reason that no one else will. He's using Nike as another platform to say, Give me the max, Danny Ainge. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling the world that I want to spend my career in Boston. <laughs> Then, oh, so good. in an interview this week, when the Celtics played the Hawks, he was asked about 41-year-old Vince Carter and if he'll play to that age. And Kyrie said, no, 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 I, I want to retire in my early 30s. Mm -hmm. Boston pays him $230 million deal. Kyrie puts down a down payment on the commune in Oregon that day. Before the season starts, quote-unquote, Kyrie's people break ground on Kyrie land before yes, the season yes, even starts. yes. After five years are up, Kyrie retires, and the next time we hear about him again will be years from then when the FBI raids his commune. It's all a part of Kyrie's master plan. I, whatever gets a commune, and what, yeah, <laughs> if we get that, that's fine. I, you can tell me anything. Pascal Siakam, Bob. Pascal Siakam. Toronto Raptors, in, in case uh, you know, you're not a true NBA nerd. Toronto Raptors legend. He still has another year left on his deal after this year, but he will be extension eligible 
following the season. Was he even a first-round pick? Pascal Siakam was the 27th overall pick in the 2016 draft. 14 points, 6.7 rebounds, 29 minutes a game, almost 30 minutes a game. Starting, this guy's going to get some money. He's like the Draymond Green without calling your best player a bitch. Yeah, yeah, basically that. That's awesome. Well, let's get into this week's Diss of the Week, huh, Matt? Yo mama is so fat! I don't know if this qualifies as a diss, but NBA players beware. Bobby Portis envisions players hitting his mom to get pumped up before games. Okay. (laughs) Miritich is like, dude, I never even met your mom, (laughs) dude. Uh, This week, Keith Pompey reported a a source close to the situation said Jimmy Butler was never interested in going to the Knicks, as was reported before the Sixers acquired him in a trade from Minnesota Timberwolves. It's been two weeks since the trade. Who is leaking these kicking the Knicks while they're down sources say? We just got to just make sure they never think positive (laughs) about themselves again. Oh, by the way, you suck. Just last night, Lonzo Ball went down with a, a little ankle injury, and Luke Walton described Lonzo as tender to the touch. Mm-hmm. I think that was unintentional diss of his starting point guard. It's questionable for tonight versus Indiana. Oh, Mike Malone. He laid down some savage quotes the other night. Mm-hmm. The Lakers fans, I guess, really turned out in the Denver Nuggets arena. Malone said, you're either with us or against us. LeBron is arguably the best player ever. When he comes to town, the Lakers and their fans travel. As long as their fans go home disappointed, that's all I care about. (laughs) The Warriors fans can come here. The Celtics fans can come here. But they can take that L on the way out. Oh, yeah. I guess he had another good one from earlier this season, November 23rd. He said, we're the only team in the NBA that's had 20 or more assists every game and less than 20 turnovers every game. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Oh, I love a good put that in your pipe and smoke it. (laughs) This one I've chosen as uh, this week's winner, though, Matt. Okay. I don't know if you heard, but Kawhi Leonard's people announced that he just signed a multi-year deal, shoe deal, with New Balance. He turned down an extension from the Jordan brand, and he's signing with New Balance. I was reading about this on NBA Reddit and saw one of the comments that is this week's Diss of the Week. Of course it's New Balance. You can take the player out of the Spurs, but you can't take the Spurs out of the player. On the next episode of Brick House. We talk about the quote-unquote marketing company that put up billboards all over the Boston area encouraging Kyrie Irving to stay in Boston and Danny Ainge to make it happen. Mm-hmm. The scandal really hits when we find out that Kyrie's dad and agent own the marketing company that put up the billboards. That and much more on the next episode of Brickhouse. (laughs) 